Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. And this one's a really good one. It's with Lance Eaker from Eaker Barbecue in Fredericksburg, Texas. I've wanted to talk to him for a while, so this is really cool. But I realized, like, four in the morning a couple nights ago, that I never really explained what these shows are all about. And potentially, if this is your first one that you're listening to, I interview pit masters, pit builders, photographers, especially in the barbecue world, writers, especially in the barbecue world, barbecue joint owners, knife makers, especially in the barbecue world. So it's all barbecue joint or meat related, but there's a gamut. I've talked to a lot of people. So if this is your first one or maybe your second one, there's an entire archive of really cool people, really interesting, amazing people, people that you get to know through these interviews. So hopefully if you are interested in learning more about the people, check my archive subscribe that way you don't miss out but this one with lance is awesome i've always wanted to talk to him he and his wife boo have their restaurant in fredericksburg they just got another centex 1000 gallon smoker so they have two pits two centex pits as many of you know lance and boo were operating out of houston for the longest time and they made the move to fredericksburg so we get into their backstory how they met where they met and their journey, and their journeys both weren't in barbecue, which a lot of people's aren't. What it's really like doing the pop-ups, and then getting a food truck, and he explains how much the food truck costs, and a lot of people probably don't know that stuff, and he explains all those details about what it's like to really, really hustle. And they were popping up everywhere. Abe Delgado and I had a running list for a while prior to the pandemic of pop-ups in Texas, and every week... (laughs) Eager Barbecue was all over the place, and they were working really hard, and then COVID hit, and that's when things shifted and things changed, and then they eventually moved to Fredericksburg and have their place there. And I'll put a map to the location below. You're going to love Lance. He's super cool, so nice, so interesting, engaging, and they do also add a Korean element to their menu, which is awesome, and I love that fusion, and a lot of Korean flavors just marry perfectly with barbecue so you're going to want to visit them i'll put i'll put a link to their menu too below but i can't thank lance enough for taking the time sharing their story sharing it in detail sharing all about the restaurant now and i know you guys are going to enjoy this i have a website at kevinsbbqjoints.com too with links and lists and crazy stuff i i go a little nuts about uh, compiling things and keeping things organized to try to be a good tool for people so hopefully you could find something that's helpful for you but at the end stay safe Visit your local barbecue joint, and thank you so much for listening. And also, I don't think a lot of people know about Fredericksburg, and that might be fun to talk about, too. It, it is kind of fun to talk about, because we uh, we hadn't been here in 15, 16, well, 16 years at this point. Um, we had uh, kind of our, our journey ended up here as we, you know, through COVID, with a food truck, we were doing all these big events, and, you know, Carbach and the Texans and all these things, and then... COVID occurred, and then next thing you know, we're uh, in a neighborhood serving four days a week, you know, four hours a day. So obviously, revenue took a massive hit. Yeah. Um, and we went on vacation, and um, New Braunfels Smokehouse had uh, had just shut down. So we that was our first thought of moving. Uh, conversation with Chris Reed, uh, he mentioned, you know, maybe if, if you're looking in the uh, Hill Country area, maybe consider Fredericksburg. And uh, we thought he was crazy. <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it does sound like it, it does sound kind of kind of crazy when you think about it but it, right. it, it does make all the sense actually it, it does now so you know a, a town of twelve thousand people five existing barbecue joints already here um and as we found out one now two more coming um it Are was there two uh, more coming i didn't know yeah that. there's two more coming. yeah, yeah salt, salt lake is looking i oh. think they're opening on out in Lukenbox. they're about 20 minutes away and then there's a, a new hotel development that is uh that is going to put a it looks to be kind of a small one i'm not sure what their what their focus is going to be but it's it's going to be barbecue of some sort like a concept of some sort yeah yeah i I don't know if it's going to be like a high-end kind of a a laurel concept or if it's going to be traditional uh but it's part of a high-end hotel like a five-star hotel development wow that's that's not bad no i I mean uh, we we like that competition you know uh, we knew about salt lake coming in before we made the move but, uh, you know, when he mentioned that to us, we looked it up, 12,000 people. that We hadn't been here in 15 years. And uh, when we were here last, it was a sleepy little, you know, uh, little small tourist town where, you know, you come and you get, do your uh, antiquing. There was maybe two wineries here. But as we did more research, we realized there's, you know, over 120 yeah. uh, wineries and tasting rooms here and uh, over 1,200 B&Bs on top of the hotels that are here. This town functions as a town of maybe 150,000, 200,000. 
Um, I don't know. I think two million visitors a year at this last I heard. Um, and and those wineries have all wineries and tasting rooms just over the last year and a half have uh, have increased as well as the B&B. So it's a booming little uh, town and COVID definitely, um, you know, it, it had uh, we, we kind of we went back and looked at the sales tax growth over the last 10 years. And it, it's always had double digits, right? At 10, 12 percent growth. And even during COVID, with a, they had a massive drop in March, but they ended the year with a small percentage growth in, in revenue. Isn't that uh, it's it, it's got to be one of the only towns in the state that has done this. Uh, but part of it is that you know a lot of people you know uh, decided that you know they're they're working at home now and their uh, their kids are working remote, or at least they were last year. Yeah. Um, and then you know they they wanted to get out and they they didn't want to hop in a plane, so. This was this seemed to be the good destination. So, property values have almost doubled in a year and a half we've been here. Um, I, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating. No, I know you're not. House, I know you're not at all. Uh, the median house when we first started looking here a year, we started looking in September of last year, and uh, well, I guess a year before, so about a year and a four months or so. Yeah. Uh, the median house was around three fifty. I'm hearing we're not seeing anything listed under six hundred thousand now. Isn't that crazy? That's it's that's. In, and so, so for people that might not know, because we just jumped into this and this is perfect. This is great. It's, hill, it's, 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 it's considered, no, it's perfect. It's a considered the um, Texas Hill Country and it is essentially the wine area. There's other places around Texas that people grow right. grapes for wine, but, uh, but this is, has become the destination area. And it's, what it, is it Southwest or is it just West? It's like a little bit south, right? Of Austin. Of Austin. It's a little southwest of Austin. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of growing areas uh, in Fredericksburg. It's uh, it's okay for growing grapes, but you'll find that Lubbock, uh, outside of Lubbock area, um, you'll find better grape growing. But this is, but this is more of the, it's in a valley right in the middle of the hill country. It's a nice uh, historic little town. So there's, there's some great growing here, but there's definitely a lot of wine produced that, uh, using grapes here, groups out and grapes out of the so Lubbock, guys uh, using but, stuff from outside. Okay, right, and and even California, and then there's a there's a place here that actually uh, has all their wine developed in Italy and brought into their tasting room. Yeah, there's a lot of so, people that don't realize that a lot of winemakers don't grow <laughs> grow the the grapes themselves. Right. So it's just something. It's just they, yeah, it's just part part of part of the process. Wow. Right. So there's other over a hundred tasting rooms there. There, there. I'm guessing there's probably about 140, 150 tasting room slash wineries i like with actually vineyards and you know combination of those so have you, have um, you done any type of connection with that at all is that something that you guys are ever going to do like because i know wine well, and barbecue works it, it, it does um we we haven't we haven't uh, do, de, uh dived into it so far yet no. uh we have made some connections we have some uh, owners of wineries that frequent the restaurant um, and you know, and as well as tasting rooms, we have we have some ideas in the future to where we will do some like uh, uh, what I call uh, basically dinners, uh, like a dinner club, like once a month. Cool. We'll bring in uh, bring in chefs and and bring in some um, wineries to pair and, and do some fun things like that. Uh, we uh, actually we're looking at adding wine to the menu here in the next couple couple of weeks. We're hoping to open the, our back area, do some evening stuff. Oh, that's uh, fun. Probably end of February, uh, early March. Wow, that's crazy. That's, that's a lot. Of, aren't there distilleries out there too? Or am I thinking of a different? There, there, there is a couple. Allstat is a really big distillery out okay. there. Um, it's a, it, it's all, all the equipment's from Germany. In fact, all the breweries, the brewers, from my understanding, are from Germany. At least the wow. master brewer and, and <laughs> the on-site cool. brewer. So they, they, uh, they, they went kind of crazy with it. It's beautiful beautiful facility Fredericksburg Brewing it's been here forever it's a sure. it's a small brewery that serves you know the beer inside you know within their restaurant space and then a couple others and a, and a, a few distilleries coming in from what I hear as well that's so that's really fun and it's great for people that want to visit your restaurant that can stay overnight they can go to a bunch of different places and explore a lot of people mm-hmm. haven't been to wineries ever in their lives and right it's a, it's and- a neat experience because a lot of wineries make money so they're kind of not opulent but they're really neat looking they're architecturally interesting Right. And they're, 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 these guys here are doing a lot of different things. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, you'll have something relatively simple and, uh, but then you'll see something very, I don't know, there, there, there are a lot of money that have gone into these places because it's not just about 
the tasting and the wine. They a lot of them are wedding venues uh, sure. with with large banquet rooms with great outdoor spaces for photography and. Uh, I mean, this is an Instagram town. This town is built for Instagram. <laughs> well, I saw some of the Christmas stuff, and I'm like, oh, that looks like how what you'd want, like to move to Christmas town or something like that. Right. Like, well, I I call it the I call Fredericksburg the living Hallmark card. Okay. <laughs> the whole town is, is it is just unreal. Oh, that's so cool. Let's let's take a let's just take a dive back for people that had that don't know your background. What did you start out, and then how when did you, how long did you and Boo have been married for? How long? How many years? We've been married for 17 years. 17 years. Been together for 21. Did you meet in the Houston area? We met actually in San Antonio. Okay. Um, I was working uh, uh, previous IT. I did over the 20 years. I was an IT small business consultant. And uh, my wife was studying, her, getting her second bachelor's and was going into fashion. Okay. Uh, so she had a bachelor's in Korea. And then she worked there for a while and decided I doing visual merchandising that ah, I don't want to do that. I want to do design. So I met her while she was going to school and uh trapped her and kept her here <laughs> in so, san antonio right right and then her job uh, we were looking we were actually interviewing in new york uh when she got an offer from houston so i was quite excited about that i wasn't looking forward to moving to new wow, york or san you could francisco. have ended up in right, that and san francisco too is, is mayhem especially now it's right 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 so wow. um luckily we ended up in houston and uh we were there for well, 17 years, pretty much the, the length of our marriage up until this last year. And were you going to barbecue places? Is that what sparked it? What made, what made you make the leap? And then I know that she gave you an ultimatum from what I've read from, I think, from Daniel's article too. Right. Well, we, um, so I, I tend to be obsessive about things, uh, my hobbies and, you know, <laughs> I, I, like brewing, home brewing was a, it was a big thing for me. We had a little well, brewing cool. club in our neighborhood. And I actually got approached uh, by someone to put together a business plan, open a brewery. But I knew that intellectually, like I had a cap, like I'm not a chemist and, and I knew where it was going and I wasn't going to be capable of doing it. Uh, but I started barbecuing in the backyard. It was ended up being like a Christmas thing. So if you look at all my Christmas pictures, I either look drunk or uh, while the kids are opening <laughs> gifts, but, but I've just been all up all night tending a brisket. And then my first kind of aha, I had a, a few friends that uh, had kind of encouraged me, maybe you should do this at the time. I was, it, I was terrible at it. I mean, just horrific, but uh, better than some of the, you know, some of the local spots, I guess. But uh, we went to, I'm trying to remember the name of the event. It was like, because they didn't do it again, but uh, Chris Reed, Michael Plummer put on a event at St. Arnold's called, I think it was the Houston Barbecue Backyard, or I think that was their first, I don't know if the, I don't know if the festival came after or before, but this was like, kind of an introduction to kind of what they would actually do with the throwdowns maybe. So uh, Ronnie Killen was there, La Barbecue was there. So La Barbecue was serving inside and Killens was serving outside. And there were, it was basically a tasting, you paid a fee, you came in, you got um, quote unquote unlimited beer and, uh, and, 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 and eat. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say this wrong because I'm pretty sure I, it was John Lewis was with La Barbecue at the time. Am I, am I getting the name right? Yeah, no, they could, they could, oh yeah, the name's right, John Lewis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so John Lewis was there. That makes a lot of sense, yeah, it would be around that time, yeah. Right, and he, he had a beef rib, and that beef rib kind of changed my perception of the barbecue. Interesting. Um, I hadn't, we hadn't hit a lot of the spot, like, we hadn't, I hadn't been anywhere uh, of any note. Uh, I, it was just, I, this was the first time that I had anything of a, you know, true craft. And there's, it just really stuck out to me. And, and um, so I started cooking a little bit more. And then uh, next thing you know, um, it's, it's, it's becoming a, you know, a every other weekend thing. And um, just decided that I was kind of tired. I kind of put myself out to pasture. I'd move from, from, one, uh, from one, one firm to another. And I basically put myself into a role where I was able to be stuck in the office. I was not, not doing consulting anymore. I was doing more HR recruiting and, and, and yeah, that sort right. of thing and I was done I was sucking I was, your soul probably yeah I was just I, you know my passion for IT had, had been long gone and I was ready for something else and uh, we decided that at some point that I was going to make the make the jump and um, so we you know, in, you know started buying pits and uh, started playing around a little bit more eventually bought uh, Grant Pinkerton's first trailer pit was my first trailer pit oh really that's cool and interesting I, it was it was kind of cool it was uh, it looked like a red wagon 
It was this uh, this trailer that some uh, welding class in one of one of the little towns had built, and he had bought it from the the guy who'd had it built. And it was, you know, it it worked. But I remember him telling me, if you ever want to master a pit, not master uh, master a fire, you're going to do it on this one, and and everything else will be easy. And it was. I mean, he literally sat, and I'd have my foot sitting on the door, and I'd I'd back it off and and let it close, back it off, let it close. Really, literally. I can literally dial the temperature in that that quickly. So, but I'd have to sit there and watch it. There was no running in for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, taking a quick nap. He was literally sitting in front of the pit. Top. And it wasn't in a closed pit. It was a trailer, just a, tra- a regular trailer pit. It, it was semi-enclosed. Oh. So it had like a, it had like a vinyl, was it vinyl? I think it was a vinyl cover. Yes, it was oh. a vinyl cover on top. It opened up like wings. Um, it had, had a sink, a small sink and all that, but I never... I never used any. I used it just for the pit. When I bought it, I measured everything out, and I thought I was going to be able to back it into my uh, uh, beside between the fence and my uh, garage. And I, I missed my measurements by two inches. Oh. I didn't take into account the gutters. And uh, and then HOA people started complaining about the, the pit in the, in the middle of the street. Of course. So so we ended up selling that and um, and then buying a, a close. I had a close built. Okay. And how are those so, pits? Uh, I like that. You know, they're. It was a lot better than what I had worked yeah. with in the past. Um, my my concern, my issues were is I ended up spending money on tuning plates and I ended up ripping those out. Oh, um, they they ended up I mean, you would end up getting that kind of bottom sear on the briskets and then I was burning through a lot of wood. So I pulled those out and then it, it cooked better. And I would have hoped that uh, the the stacks had been taller to produce a little more draw. But at the time, yeah, I've, heard I, of, I've heard of modifications. People have done modifications <laughs> on those, yeah. Right. So, I mean, at the time, this is this is the best piece of equipment that I had used, and I didn't know that it needed a taller stack. Like up, up until, so uh, so we ended up. I, I bought that one actually just before I ordered that one, and I, I picked up a uh, pitmaker vault. I don't know if you're aware of those, but it's like a. I've seen like those. A, yeah, it's like a big. It looks like a big vault, and uh, you got the firebox underneath. Um, and then it, the way the heat uh, comes up over the top on the sides, so it's not a heat from the bottom, even though the fire is under there, but it comes around and creates kind of a convection. Yeah, there's a so guy out here who has one of those for a rib place. Yeah, I mean they're they're great for great for ribs, great for yeah. small meats, and then so when we eventually bought the food truck and I ended up leaving my job, um, I we used the clothes to do all my brisket and pork shoulder, and then uh, the vault for my ribs and sausage and turkey and all that wow and that at that time when you decided to make the leap was she behind it and were you was that something where you nervous like thinking like this is well, and it was right it was we, before covid right and then yeah, oh, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was we we left um, i mean i should i should know my years by now um we uh, established the, we established the business in 2016 the llc okay. started buying equipment um and then this was late uh I guess it was late 2017 that I made the made the move. We had talked about it. Uh, we have a little bit of a revisionist history between the two of us. Uh, she says that she wasn't ready to do it, but we were in agreement. So she'll tell you otherwise. But we had we had made. I don't think she would. She says that she wasn't ready to make that decision that quickly. But we had decided that we were going to make it to the end of the year, and I ended yeah. up pulling out in October. So you. we. So. Um, Unfortunately, the plan was the math had played well where we could, if we got really, really lean, we can live off her salary. Two weeks after I put my 90 day notice in, she got laid off. Ah, uh, okay. That's, I read that too. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, correct. <laughs> two it's kids. Like Murphy's law. Right. We have, you know, two kids in the house. We're living in a house that uh, two very, very good professional salaries were paying for uh-huh. to a food truck. It ended up turning out, you know, there's some things that ended up playing out well. My brother-in-law ended up moving here and buying a restaurant. But with oh. the way, yeah, he, he bought a Korean restaurant. And the way the, the, way the investment uh, visas work is he had to literally, he bought it, and he had to go back to Korea for three months. So he literally has a restaurant setting that he can't do anything well. So my wife actually opened the restaurant with no no restaurant experience whatsoever. What a, what a weird Not thing every, that they make you do, but I, it makes sense because I like I know in other foreign countries it's a weird thing if you buy a business. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Right. Okay. So she so, had to jump in with no experience. It with no experience, so she got you know she got them through the health department checks and got them opened and worked with. It was an existing Korean restaurant, so they kind of left things alone 
until he got back and he started uh, changing the recipes. But it gave her a little bit of experience, two or three months of experience that uh, that she could end up playing into uh, later. So, uh, what type was it? Just a, was it just a basic Korean restaurant, or did it have it was, any barbecue? It was, a, it, it was a full service restaurant with, I mean, a full menu including barbecue, including. Yeah. Uh, very you know, bibimbap and uh, bowls and everything. It's just awesome. Yeah, it's just so good. Yeah, it's just a huge <laughs> menu that it was. It was a little too much for him, but it. But uh, uh, yeah, and then um, and then we decided. All right, well, I get. We tried to decide what we're gonna do. I was like, I guess we're gonna order a food truck. So we started looking at food trucks, and I couldn't find anything in our budget. We had about twenty five thousand in cash okay. that we were gonna put in into a truck. Couldn't find anything that looked like it was gonna survive. I had a neighbor who I didn't know. I knew of his business. He ran Oh My Gogi. He has, I think he's up to five or six trucks now wow. in the Houston area. But we had a mutual friend and it turns out he lived really close. And uh, he, he, he kind of gave me some advice. You need to buy new. You don't, you know, if you don't know how to work on a truck, you don't have restaurant experience. Uh, you need to, you need to, you need to have something that is not going to be a problem for you. Yeah. So that 25,000 ended up being a down payment on a $120,000 food truck. Wow. So I get that. I bet that blows a lot of people's minds that they don't realize 120,000 for a food truck. That's, that's right. Good. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to get do it a right. really if you're going to get a really quality bill, that's, that's what they cost. Yeah. That same truck now is 140, $150,000. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it was all high end equipment. It was, a, you know, it's one of the best builders in the country who happened to be in, uh, in Houston. And so it was a good move. It just kind of, it, it, it did hinder us from a financial standpoint of having to make that monthly payment every month. But it also, if it wasn't for that truck, I don't think we would have gotten into the, the Texans so easily. Uh, within three months, we got approached to do a catering for the front office. And part of it is they had uh -huh. seen the truck and they saw how clean it was. And, you know, we had, uh, I wanted to be kind of have a, a barbecue feel like you're walking through the line. So I had the builder build two large windows. So the, basically Smart. the full run of it, he hated it. He didn't want to do it. Um, <laughs> but, but it kind of had that feel. But you, you look up and you just see light and you see stainless, clean stainless steel. And it, uh, when we ended up starting in our neighborhood, we'd have some, some people under you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s who'd never been to a food truck. But when they saw how clean it was, they felt comfortable coming to the truck. And so we, we ended up being a lot of these people's first uh, food truck experience. Well, because a lot of people looked at the old, I guess, quote unquote, roach coaches or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that was something that it was a white truck that was kind of dirty and who knew right. what was going on in there. It was almost like a glorified uh, ice cream truck that was a little bit larger. So yeah, so that I think a lot of people still even haven't ever eaten out of food truck. Right. Next thing you know, we're food truckers and we we, we didn't know where, where to go. We didn't know how to get into the, all these spots. So uh, we leased a spot in a parking lot of a uh, Jewish grocery store. Um, Interesting. Three, mile, three miles from our house. Um, and then we figured, all right, well, we're just getting started. We have a lot of friends in the neighborhood. We have both of our kids are going into local schools. So we felt that we had somewhat of a built-in audience that we can feed off of. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> But, uh, but, <laughs> I like but, it. <laughs> but, but, you know, we did okay with it there. And it's when we really started to do well is when we started to venture out and start doing, you know, large corporate offices, you know, serving lunches there. That was kind of, that's kind of determined our, our uh, lunch schedule. And then evenings we would, uh, we did some apartments, but most of it was bars, big bars. We ended up getting into Kirby Ice House and oh. uh, Truck Yard, which are the two largest bars oh. in the city. Uh, truck yard had a, a has a uh, occupancy of over 900 and on saturday they had a first in first out like it was it was you know one in one out it was that busy i remember uh, i remember when i was working on with with abe delgado when we were working on those lists of uh, uh pop-ups your pop-ups you were you were hustling you were, you were you had many many different places okay now it's yeah. all coming back Right. And, 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 it, and it sounds like that we were just really hard workers, but no, we didn't have a choice. Yeah. We, we had oh, to yeah. money. We had, uh, and so we were, we were, we were everywhere. Uh, I, I think at one point we had, we got our staff up to five or six, not including me and my wife. And we had it running almost seven days a week. Yeah. I remember and, it was almost every day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was, a, and, and it, you think restaurants, a lot of work. Uh, yeah, how was I, that? I come, it was, it was rough. Like the, the food truck is so rough. Uh, you've got you got to do all your cooking prior 
and then you're lo you then you have to take everything, load the truck, and then your truck has to go to a commissary, uh, which is required to get a slip so you can dump your water, get uh, fresh water, and then you drive to your location. Oh. You have to set everything set up, serve sir, sir for you know usually about three hours, break everything down again, and then you know on most days you'd be going to another location, and um, and then if you're doing any of these large venues like uh, Carbach or uh, truck yard uh, if there's a very busy day you don't have you don't have enough supply in the truck you don't have enough room in the truck to be able to service them we had i think we had one shift where we went through nine or ten boxes of of fries and those boxes are 30 pounds each, 30, 35 pounds each. so there you know we ended up renting a warehouse space from another food truck that where we had some refrigeration and it was a lot of coordination a lot of uh you know be on your toes that's you can't yeah and then all of a sudden you're busier than you expect. And then all of a sudden you got to, you got to create protein because, you know, they're coming to a barbecue truck. They don't want fries. They want like some meat. So yeah. you're rushing back, you're firing, you're hoping you still have some heat in your, uh, in the pit and you're throwing sausage on, you're throwing anything quick that you can get cooked and, and, and produce. So it, it was fun. I mean, it was fun and it was terrible at the same time. But it's like an, there's, a, there's so some work. sort of excitement about that. There's yeah. like a, it's a, it's like a um, like trailblazing kind of in your it's right right but after after about two years it's, it's you're about done with all that <laughs> yeah no I can imagine <laughs> so if I had uh, two years ago that's a lot yeah a lot of people we, won't make it that long we actually had a shift that ran twenty four hours we we uh, so I was I was cooking twice a week there was no way that I was going to be able to do briskets every day I had to drive the truck so uh, I ended up hiring Justin Justin came in he cooked for me twice a week and then. Uh, we would long, we would hold for the next day and then everything else got vacuum sealed, put away and then, and then reheated. But we got really good at reheating. Um, and a lot of people wouldn't be able to tell, mm -hmm. uh, but then most the people would Right. But ribs, some people that you would think that would, would be able to tell, couldn't tell, uh, done right. But it was one, it was a necessary, mm -hmm. necessary evil. Uh, but we did ribs and turkey and sausage were all done that day. It was just, uh. It was just so much, so much uh, planning and uh, and tactical maneuvering, but we had to do it. And when COVID hit, just before COVID hit, actually, the, my wife said, we had originally said this is a two or three year run. This is our, we don't know anything about hospitality. Uh, let's do the food truck so we can learn it before we open a restaurant. Um, and, and it turned out to be the best thing to do. One, we built the brand over time mm -hmm. uh, where we moved around and, you know, my logo is everywhere in town. And then, uh, but more importantly, we would have opened the, our location in the wrong place. We would open in our neighborhood and we would have failed inside of a year. Because and there was we just too much, too many other places or it was just, it wasn't the right area. It, it just, all, all the things, okay. right. You know, had, you had, uh, we, we didn't have any craft barbecue in a close area. Of course, Blood Brother, literally right after, I, I think it was right after I put in my notice or right before I put in my notice, Blood Brothers announced that they were opening in Bel Air, which is 10 minutes from my house. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Because I, I planned on opening in the area. Uh, but um, but other than, uh, you know, they had Blood Brothers was there. I mean, we had a little bit different cuisine, so it, it would have been fine. But just the neighborhood, we just found out, wouldn't be able to support Damn. it. I um, think even wasn't Regal's kind of looking at Bel Air at one point for their second location uh, possibly? I, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure. It, I forget. You know, since I've since I've known him, he, he's always been looking in the West area, like, like Eldridge and on the other side, uh, on the, got to do my direction, I guess the South side of I-10, he looked over in that Memorial yeah. area. When, when we first started talking about it, that's okay. what he was looking for. Yeah. He may have, I mean, Bel Air was definitely, definitely a place where, you know, they had three barbecue joints there, but someone that could come in and do something great yeah. would do well there. And as we can see, Blood Brothers is doing very well there. Very well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, uh, you know, so the ultimatum was there. Well, I mean, well, she, she was to the point. So see, we're doing, we're still doing all of our sides, right? We're running. If you're running a food truck, you want to limit your items to about five or six items. We're running full menu. I had five or six proteins. We had four sides, and, and then on top of that, fries and loaded fries and desserts. <laughs> so the idea was is that we wanted we. We, we didn't want to build our brand as a sandwich truck. And then, oh, all of a sudden, we're crap barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Like we, 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 the, you know, we knew that we needed, to, we needed to build our reputation on our food offerings. So it made it, that transition into restaurant easier. And were you uh, including but, the, the Korean element at that time, too? 
Uh, after we moved to the the Gochijung Rib, probably halfway through our food truck. Okay. Uh, we we had we had done that. We did the Gochijung Ribs at a. Um, it was at Super Beef uh, with uh, with Eddie O and. Um, oh. I can't remember. I, how do I not remember his name? Um, Jake, uh, was it? No, no, it was uh, the the event was all, Wayne. Uh, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Miller. Wayne Miller, okay. Uh, yeah, so Louis Miller's was uh, was their base. Our whole concept was. Well, that's a, yeah, that uh, small place up in Taylor, right? That yeah, little... yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some <laughs> people know, might know where it is. <laughs> this is yeah, yeah, okay. But, but he, you know, he was supposed to be, uh, you know, old school and young guns, right? And they changed it. This was the fifth or sixth time they've done it. And they changed it to young guns for some reason. I'm guessing because I was not young. Uh, but they <laughs> called it open comers. But that was the first time we did. Uh, I think that's the first time we did the gochi jump. Okay, okay, yeah. We'll get it. We'll, we'll go. We'll we'll jump to your menu at the, near the end, yeah. so people can understand. But yeah, uh, I just was sure. curious if there, you were sort of starting to spice, then spice things up, starting to put little bit right. of Korean into into it. Okay. Yeah, about a year and a half in, we started okay. adding some of those Korean elements, like the kimchi yeah. fried rice and the kimchi ribs. So uh, the beginning of the year, Boo said, "Like I'm done. Like uh, we have one year left. We're either in a restaurant." or uh we're getting jobs like i i just can't do this anymore she's doing all these side prep at home like we're making potato salad we're beans all of this stuff has been made from, from scratch yeah. um and it's and, and again more coordination so we uh i was like all right well i had no plan i didn't know what we we're gonna do and uh we started the year off with a bang where we were this was going to be a record year for us march was one of our best march months we were looking to be one of the best months oh. we ever had uh and then boom COVID hits and literally right before we we're supposed to do two events at the rodeo we had another or we had our second best day ever at Carbach that Saturday Sunday before and we were coming back that Saturday for a huge concert so we we, we were looking to do a record month in March we had planned to do I think we're going to blow our record by like 20 25 percent in oh that one month that's crazy. And every we had we had caterings booked out. We had we you know it's looking to be a really good year, so we'd be able to be in a financial position to make some moves possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then COVID hit, and everything dried up. We're not, yeah, we're not going anywhere, right? So uh, we ended up pop. We we literally closed. I think maybe a week, and we were like, we don't have a choice. We have to open. So uh, we ended up uh, we had gone to our neighborhood church. It's literally. If you were standing in my front door, you can see the parking lot. You can see my truck. Um, We had just done an event there with another truck. And the pastor had said, hey, um, don't call me. You don't need to text me. Just show up. Anytime you want, just come out. We're not going to charge you anything. We just just want, we we look for it. One, one, if it helps you out, great. Two, we want more of a sense of community in here and have, have, uh, have the neighbors come and have a spot to meet each other and chat. And, um, and it ended up being one of the greatest things. So we refer to that first two years of our food truck at Life as Boot Camp. And what the last year turned out to be is special forces training. Like okay. we, we learned to get creative. We learned to do a lot. Because we had people come in the truck twice a week when we're open four days. And I know they liked our food, but they didn't like it that much. to eat barbecue twice a week. So uh, they were supporting us. You know, we knew it. And mm-hmm. we needed to do something to us. Uh, to one, continue to encourage it, and two, to make them feel, you know, enjoy it a little bit more. So we started doing special. We started doing smoked burgers. My wife does a chicken fried steak with a brisket and tallow gravy. Oh. Uh, we did a hot Korean chicken sandwich. We did some um, we did some collabs with uh, Chef Evelyn and did a pie burger on our burger night. Uh, we started doing all these little different things that later would become our menu for the evening here. So, we'll, you know, that, so fast forward, we're looking at opening up uh, end of February, early March on Friday and Saturday nights, and we'll shift from barbecue. We'll still do barbecue to sell out for lunch, but then we'll start offering these other, you know, what we call barbecue inspired comfort foods. You're saying this year, become, like this is for, this is the for real stuff. Like this is for coming up. Yeah, this is like within the next month <laughs> okay. and a half. Wow. wow so, okay. so, yeah. Wait, so wait, quick, 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 going back. Did you, what were sure. people buying in bulk or tra- or buying more at that time like was there were you finding were you guys part of that wave where people were buying things we, 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 I mean, was... you, right when you're going when you're when you're serving in a bar it, it's usually one plate two plate yeah um uh 
when when you're serving in a neighborhood, it is usually family ordered. So yeah. you know, pound and George. So our ticket, our average ticket doubled, but you know, our the quantity of tickets were yeah. you know reduced like you know twenty five, you know seventy five percent. But yeah, we we did get some. Uh, a Russell Regal hooked us up with a catering with one of the one of the hospitals, and there was a um, there was a, some sort of a donation thing going on where they were bringing in food for. For, for the hospital staff and the nurses and the doctors. And um, he he had done a few of them and he wanted to spread the love. So he gave us one of them. And That's so nice. I think it was like, we delivered food for like, I don't can't remember. It's like over 200 people. Yeah. So we so, did get a few, we did get a little of that. Maybe not as much as some of the uh, the larger restaurants, but we did, we did, you know, our average ticket did go up quite a bit. It was during that time then as things progressed that you talked to JC and that you were kind of, starting to look in a different place for right. a brick and mortar. Yeah, well, we had taken a vacation into the Hill Country and the week before uh, we had saw that a new brothel smokehouse had shut down. And um, so we decided to make a trip uh, as we're going up there to stop and look at it. And we really we, we really considered it. We, we thought we had an investor in, 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 that was willing to buy the property. Oil and gas turns out he did not want to make that investment at that time. And we had we had friends that lived there that had one of them worked for the city. So he was able to get us some, you know, some information and we really considered doing it. And then I sent a text to Chris and I said, hey, if you're going to open a barbecue restaurant in the in the hill country, where would you go? And he said, Fredericksburg. And I said, what about New Braunfels? And like he said, his response was, yeah, that would work or something to that effect. But I I read it in text as I was reading his inflection. He's like, yeah, but Fredericksburg. Talk to him later. He's like, yeah, that's, you got the inflection right in text. Good job. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's um, the nuance isn't always there. Yes. <laughs> right. But uh, so next thing you know, we're we're here looking at it. We're here every weekend, every other weekend. Um, and at one point, we we didn't have a we had no prospects for a place to live. We had no prospects for a location. But I'd already sold the house. We're moving. We were in a forty-five day. We had a forty-five day lease back. Uh, we figured this town is booming. If nothing else, we'll uh, hey, live you know, there and get jobs. Yeah. Get jobs and figure it out. But I mean, it was we. It was to the point where we were we were semi forced into it. I mean, I had been on a uh, forbearance plan on my house, and 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 because uh, you know, yeah. we, we weren't making any money, we weren't able to you know pay our mortgage. So I had to sell my house. And so we, we did it and we were like, all right, well, this is the move we need to make. And by the time we moved, we, we had a friend that used to be a next door neighbor. She'd gotten married and um, her husband had a ranch in, um, uh, well, they lived in Kerrville. So I called her because we couldn't find a place to live. And if she had, if she knew anyone leasing houses and she said, I sure don't, but honey, for, for a, a full pork sandwich once in a while, I got a thousand square foot with your name on it. We ended up. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up in, uh, you know, their guest house on their ranch, a little thousand square foot house. So oh me, my, my wife, the two boys, my mother-in-law and a dog. Um, <laughs> and it was a, it was a tremendous experience. We loved it. The kids enjoyed it. It was a great introduction to the hill country. And it, it gave us some time to settle in and find a place here of our own. And, um, and, you know, save that's kind of cool. That's kind of neat for them too, for your kids to have like, it's, it's a unique experience through their life, what they've had. Oh, and, well, and then a week after we moved, the big winter storm came through. So there was snow everywhere. We were uh, dropped in. Like, uh, yeah, but they loved I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. They didn't have to take a shower for like three days. Win-win. Yeah, it was a great adventure. I mean, every, everybody was happy. It would be yeah. something that we'll never forget. So so your location, is that's not the New Brunfels Smokehouse, is it? Or is it? No, no. No, no, no. New Brunfels was in New Brunfels. But we started looking in Fredericksburg, okay. and um, and we had decided that we just wanted to move here. And so, what so was what was your move. location? What was it? Uh, what kind of restaurant was it before? It wasn't truly a restaurant, so there was no kitchen in it. There was a there was a dish room, basically three compartment sink, a dishwasher, ice machine, uh, but it was a square box. It had been a kind of a high end, locally grown, all bread made sandwich shop. Oh, but man. he opened literally a week, a month before COVID hit, ah. and so he was he was shut down very quickly. Yeah. Uh, his pricing his pricing was challenging at the time. Um, you know he had he had some he had some issues going in that that, that weren't going to look mm-hmm. look good for him. So it, it sat dormant for I don't know five or six months before we got in here. And once you and, got it, and once you got in, did you how long did it take to retool it? So we took over the lease. End of January or February, or beginning of February, we had hoped to open in April. The winter storm set everything back a month. 
luckily, and we'll, we can get into the syntax thing in a little bit, but we were yeah. very fortunate there. Uh, we had actually expected the delivery in February, but that pushed back a month, but it didn't matter. Everything else was pushed back. We had hoped to open in April and we ended up opening in June. April of? The 20, same year. Oh, the same year, 2020. Right? Yeah, yeah, 2020. Uh, 20, uh, 2021. Yeah, Last year. Yeah, because I guess that's why. Yeah, we, we've only. Time, we've only I don't know. Yeah, yeah we, we've only been open for seven months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, thought, it, feels, yeah. Like ten, it feels like 10 years. Yeah, it does. It, it's it only seems... been like seven months. I thought it was 2020 for some reason. Gosh, okay. Okay, so then, so with with that, did you have in mind, did you talk to Michael at Centex? Is that something that you knew that you wanted to get a... So when we when we looked at this property, this property, we, we had seen it before, but it was for sale and not for lease. And um, we had we, we had to get really creative to get in front of this, front of the landlord. Like, we didn't know his name. Um, the, the realtor would, said that we'd have him call, he wouldn't call. Um, but finally, we got in front of him, and and that was it. He he loved us, and he wanted us to take over the place. He was speaking to another restaurant at the time, so we had we we were of the belief that we were probably going to do this, and uh, we were just waiting on some to work out the terms and whatnot. And uh, we had brought the family down for that trip. Well, we we went back and we saw John Brotherton at Liberty, and we're sitting in this pit room, uh, him, me, and uh, Bill Dumas, and my wife. And um, I said, yeah, I think we're going to pull the trigger on this place, but I, I can't get a pit. I've been looking for a pit since December, and everyone is eight to 18 months out. Yeah, yeah. And I reached out to Moberg, Millscale, um, Austin Smokeworks, Backline, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody. And I hadn't heard of Syntax yet. And he goes, well, have, have, you, have you heard of this, this company called Syntax? I'm, they're, I hear they're making some amazing pits. He just did two for Ronnie and his uh, Woodlands location. And he said, you need to go see him and ch chat with him. And so I reached out. At that point, I reached out to Michael and uh, started that kind of quoting process. But reached out to Ronnie and Ronnie drove from Pearland over to the Woodlands and spent two hours with us talking pits and oh. um, pits and re uh, the restaurant industry and all. That. I mean, the, the guy could buy and sell me three times a week but <laughs> yes. but 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 he i mean definitely had the passion for barbecue mm. and he he definitely loved sharing and uh, he was hugely helpful and he was in love with the pits i mean he loved everything about it so he had pit one in four i believe from michael mm -hmm. so he literally had his first pit and um so i, I reached out i told him i was like so i think I, mo Kaysen had somewhere in the middle of that right he was in the middle or just after i can't oh, remember okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, you'll ask Michael, he probably won't remember either. I, I made him count pits to tell me what pit number mine was. And then I made him I made him do it again on the second one. He's like, you're killing me. I don't remember. <laughs> He's like, I just build pits. And that's how he yeah, is. I, He's just like, I'm, I'm just focused on me and my dad. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to knock these pits out. Like, I, I don't have time to count the, how many pits I made. So uh, mine ended up being number 12, by the way. Okay. Um, and and, in this, and in, uh, Miss uh, Faith is number 23. So wow, nice. That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we uh you know, I reached out to him and he said, he said, Are you are you serious, serious? Like put down deposit serious? I was like, yeah. And he said, All right, well, um, I had someone in South Korea, ironically, that had been on me to build a pit, but he'd never made a deposit. His slot was coming up and he he ghosted him, like he like he stopped responding. And he said, Look, I can move everyone up on that list, or I can let you have that spot. And I said, I want that spot. <laughs> wow, that's so, like really interesting that it would be that. That's right. Anyway, it was, we were very fortunate. I mean, there's no, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm nobody. I'm not a Ronnie Killen. I'm not a Mokusan. I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not truth reaching out to get a pit. I'm a nobody. So uh, I know he didn't pull some strings for me because, I mean, I'm nobody. Yeah. But um, I kind of feel like maybe, maybe John had said something to him. I don't know. But both of them deny it. Uh, but I, there was a slot and I took it and, um, and I had a, you know, we, our whole build out was, I ended up having to bring guys from Houston to do the work. A friend of mine, GC did, um, there were, because there, you just can't get work here. Uh, they're too busy building B and B's and, uh, and wineries, wineries and, yeah. uh, yeah, everything, every, you know, get anyone, get an electrician out for any, any type of work. And home, probably home builders and yeah, everything. Yep. So uh, we we built we did everything on built it around the delivery of the pit because then we bring the guys down get the pit installed build the pit room walls up and uh, which I think you kind of yeah but, no I can see uh, like you can yeah. see the pit room that looks beautiful and then do you build oh, thank do you, you. 
Did you build it for two one thousands? Is that what you were planning on? Or? Well, well, it, 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 like everything, just this place just kind of fell into our lap. It is everything about it is perfect. We've got seating outside right now. I think at sixty or seventy. Cool. We can do about fifty, sixty inside, and then in the back when we open that up, we'll be able to. We could do. We're, we'll probably initially set it up to do maybe 60 or 70, but we have potential to do up to 200 back there. Ah, uh, it's a yeah. big lot. And with the lights and, and stuff, it looks gorgeous. Right. And then there's this, uh, you know, it, there's this back area you walk out and it literally was perfect. Like when, when, when my GC Curtis came and looked at this, these windows weren't there. That door wasn't there. It huh. was just, it, it was, it was just, well, the, there was a door, but there was no window. So when he's, he's coming, he wasn't going to GC it. He was just like helping me out, like letting me know if there's any gotchas in there that would keep me from pulling the trigger on the lease. And he walked outside. His eyes got this big around. Both me and my wife saw him like, holy crap. He's like, you need to get your liquor license now. <laughs> like, don't be even before you sign the lease. And we, and there, there's a space that's covered that is like, it's for a pit room. Oh. It, it, it was, it ended up in the previous so it was a sheet metal shop. It, it was built for a sheet metal shop at one point. Ah. So there's an old house up front. Then they built the L off the back of it. They come back a little bit and they came across. And we're in a section of that. And um, I guess that back area is where they stored stuff. They had loading and receiving on the other side. And, um, and there was a bar that had been here previous that used this as their stage. And uh, I, I threw those pits up there. Now, now it's uh, Miss Lefty and Face stage. Yeah. And with they the way they fit. I mean, you can see you, you might be able to see both. Uh, both of the. the I could the, see that we could see the one, and you could also see that the roof is that it's sheet metal, right? Right. And but there's literally four and a half, five feet in between the the pits. Oh yeah, I saw that, vid like that video that you did that you were talking about uh, firing up the new one. You could see mm -hmm. that there's space. There's a good amount. Yeah, of space. yeah. I mean, I need. I need. A, we've got a, a table on order, and we're, we've got. So I'm going to do a table where I can move back and forth Smart. between the two. But there's plenty of room, and it, it's like it was made for it. And, and I'm going to have more space over here that I can start putting wood. I can literally put three or four cords of wood off the side over here, and and, it, and it's covered. It's like all kind of. That's right. A little challenge to deliver, but it it works. So then, when you open there, when you open up there, what was the reaction? And then, what was it like finding out about the Texas Monthly Top Fifty? Because that must have been. <laughs> that was because <laughs> like, there's so certain that people was... that are like, yeah, like already, and there's others that are like, wait, is like. <laughs> well, we we uh, we we weren't. Well, we'll we'll start with the opening. So okay. we we intended to be. We expected to be Central Texas barbecue, like craft barbecue, the only craft barbecue spot in town. That's what we expected to be. We didn't expect the Korean stuff to really take off, but we threw it on the menu. So I, I brought my dry rub uh, rib back because we've been doing gochujang ribs as our rib for the last year and a half or so. Yeah. And uh, we brought my dry rub back and we did the gochujang rib and I think we did kimchi fried rice. And it took off. To, to our shock, it took off. Uh, our number two item on the menu is our gochujang ribs. Crazy. Can, of, can you explain of, to people what gochujang is? Gochujang is a chili paste. It's a, it's a, a chili-made paste. And then we take it and we turn it into a sauce. Mm -hmm. So the traditional way of making a gochujang rib was uh, my brother, when he was looking for his restaurant, said one day, let's make some gochujang ribs. I'm like, what are those? He said, just go give me some ribs and fire up the pit. And uh, so the traditional way to do it, marinate it, and then you grill it. And then you're, you're mopping through the grilling process. And we eventually did it on the pit maker, mopping it. That was a disaster um, because it just made a mess. You're opening the door every 15 minutes and you're letting your heat out. Uh, but he, he suggested, why don't we do this? Let's marinate smoke. And then we'll sauce them and torch them after. And that ended up being, becoming our gochujang rib. Mm -hmm. So they're smoked instead of grilled. So there's a little more smoke penetration, a little more smoke flavor than you would mm -hmm. get in a traditional rib. But other than that, it's a very traditional gochujang rib. So that's we your number two selling protein? Number two selling item, period. Um, and number one side is probably our mac and cheese, which is insane. But all the Korean sides fall underneath it. Um, I mean, we're, I think we sell, I think we sell more kimchi fried rice than we do beans and potatoes. Uh, do you think it's because there's people in the area that are, I hate, I don't like the word foodies, but like, you know, there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of restaurants, chef, chef, chef minded people and people or people well, that have maybe, 
have, have yes, not, a, they, not a different so they, palette, but they, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yes and yes. There's like a, there's, there's several reasons for it. One, um, one of the concerns about moving is we just spent three years building a brand in Houston. Well, about half the tourists in Fredericksburg are from Houston. Oh. <laughs> so we literally had, there's a gentleman here that his son was a customer of mine when we were in the neighborhood. Leonard Bench and his son lived in our neighborhood and he said, hey, you need to go check out this place. Oh, so he funny. was coming by and checking us out as we're building. it. Uh, we have friends that I had a, co uh, a colleague that is, ended up buying a place here and using a BNB and he bought it right about the time that we moved. So there's a big Houston connection. Okay. So that helps. And, and Houston being, um, you know, not very well known, but it's a pretty big foodie town. And mm -hmm. it's it has some of the most, I, I would say it's two or three as far as food goes in the country, especially for variety and quality, mm -hmm. you know, with all the different influences of, of Vietnamese culture and so much. Uh, everything else, right? So um, we had that. And then we had a lot of guys that, well, served in Korea, like uh, not, maybe not during the war, obviously, but. They had, uh, when they were in the military, they spent some time in Korea mm -hmm. and they had, had, had gotten a taste for it. Or they were in oil and gas and spent time there or whatever. And then there is a foodie element. Um, there's been a want for more craft foodie driven food here. Mm -hmm. You have some of it, but a lot of it is tourist uh, directed where it may not be, there may be a little more uh, pre-can Cisco stuff going on yeah. than you know, in-house made sides, right? So, and, um, and, and it balances with the, <laughs> like the vinegar base, like the, the, the different flavors too, and the spices, they balance the richness of craft, craft barbecue. It, it, makes, it makes all the sense. Especially, especially, you know, kimchi. Kimchi is, you know, it's, it's to aid digestion. So it, it goes very well with brisket or any, any other kind of fatty meat. Mm -hmm. And uh, gochujang is, is meant for pork and it, it, it handles smoke very well. It complements it very well. So we, we, we had done a lot of this at home. I mean, when we, when we started the restaurant or when we started the food truck, leftover brisket ended up being kimchi fried rice. Uh, leftover pulled pork would end up going into ramen. Uh, like, you know, those kind of things. So we, we unknowingly were somewhat building a menu long when we started uh, started because we just had to find something to do with our extra food but the people so, were, did people gravitate to your restaurant at the beginning we, well at first when we opened we did have a line in the, at the door um we we slowly ramped up we weren't doing the kind of revenue that we were doing on the on the food truck right away yeah. uh but we could feel the build every week it was gotten a little yeah. bit better um and then uh, daniel vaughn came out two months in so at our time, we were under the impression that we weren't, it, we weren't even going to be in consideration. We're open way too late. Yeah, that's we're, right. We're, we're, we're in the new 25. That's what we're thinking. So he shows up one day and it was on a day that they actually closed the streets for a parade. So, and I didn't, in, in the past, they didn't close our street because the parade literally turned the street just just to the side of us. Okay. But for whatever reason, on this parade, even though it turned there, they decided to close it up the street and block it. So I, luckily, I, luckily, because I know that was a pet peeve of his, luckily I had uh, posted something to let them know that we are open, that, uh, that you need to, you'll need to park down the street and come in. So, uh, I, you know, and it, it just luck we have it that he happened to be here and he saw the post and knew he had to walk up. So- uh, he was, Wasn't he first in line that day? He was. I mean, he was sitting outside. <laughs> I, I was walking outside to grab the flag, and he was sitting there. I was like, "Hey, how are you doing, sir?" And I was like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" <laughs> it's like, that guy. I'm like, hey, "What are you doing here?" He's wearing a, a what was it? Uh, ah, I can't remember. It's a, it, it's a, uh, um, it's not, it's not a Vietnamese. It's a bowl place, uh, the uh, and that has a barbecue fusion in San Antonio. And for whatever reason, it strikes it, it, it kind of evades my mind but it was okay. a pink shirt something boys um curry, curry, boys. curry boys yeah so he's wearing a curry boy shirt and i was like hey how's it going so we didn't you know we're just about to open so we didn't have a lot of time to talk someone comes in the line behind him you know uh, and then we get really busy we expected to be closed that day in fact or slow in fact we were told that we should consider closing because they were going to have there was a big parade they were going to have food at the market plots and Turns out it's one of our busier days. So we're, we're nuts. I didn't have time to go out and chat with him. Finally, I, got to, I broke off the board and went out and chatted with him. He's like, well, I, I got to run. I had a quick conversation. I'll call you. 
I'll call you and we'll, you know, we'll talk about the, you know, for the, for the article. And so I'm under the impression this is just for an article, mm-hmm. right? I didn't know that we were getting considered. I talked to John Brotherton. It's like, yeah, he doesn't have time for that. He's looking at the article. I was like, he's looking, you know, you're being considered. And I'm like, why would you put that in my head? Yeah. That's, that's cruel. <laughs> that is straight up cruel. Like, like one, it, I don't know that he's really doing it. Two, if he was, I still might not have made it. Yeah. So uh, uh, anyway, so he, he came out and um, that Monday, I get an email to have a phone call with a staffer uh, for a fact check article. So we call him and uh, we're chatting for a little bit and turns out he was here the month before. So we, yeah, we ah. had, we, we had already had, we had already had a visitor. So we had that initial staff, staff. Oh, that out. staffer was out the month before. Okay. He, yeah. He, yeah. He, he, the staffer had come and eaten here and I guess we were good enough said, to yeah, consider said, yeah. for Daniel coming. Yeah. I, I was, so I was like, okay, this is, this is strange. Like, and I still, and at that point I didn't know. Uh, that, that I didn't know that process, right? I didn't know that stuff. I just thought it was interesting. And um, you also so didn't know that we, you fell into the criteria that could actually be in the top fifty because of time. Correct, like, yeah. correct, correct. And and it wasn't made clear to me that I, we had a shot um, after right after Daniel left. Um, I get a text from Chris Reed saying, "Hey, uh, we're going to be there tomorrow. Uh, we're coming into Austin. We're going to make a drive down and come eat." I'm like, "All right," and it's like, "That's kind of odd." timing so uh he shows up and i have time to talk with him he gets here before we open so we talk through my plans with the restaurant and everything and um we, he goes down like get, yeah, he comes in gets his food they go sit down um and uh we finally get a break in the break in the line he came on a saturday so we have more staff so my wife can slide in on board and we they can still handle handle business we usually have one person that can pop out and clean tables so i was able to get away and go chat with them and he looks at me and goes, you know, you have a real chance, right? And I was like, at what? It's like, at the top 50. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, we were open too late. Uh, I'm serious. You have a real shot at it. And I, he said, the food is great. Your location is great. You've got, you, you've got a shot. And I'm like, I, I, somebody's just being mean to me. I just, like, I, it was just, it's like I, the I, third I, cruel joke. <laughs> right, right. So, um, and, and. And I forgot like that Chris does, he's part of the process too. He, he is, but he, this is not, not a periphery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it may have been purely coincidence yeah, that, yeah. that him and uh, Mark were, uh, were in Austin and they were check, checking out a few joints, but, um, and then he, he thought, let's, let's head down there. But, um, and so now I'm, you know, gut wrenching and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sleeping because, because this is, this is everything. This is, this could change our business. Oh yeah. Well, well then the article came out and that week, just the article, not the top 50, the article, online article, not even in the magazine, our business increased 40% and we held it for a month. Wow. And then That's interesting. The, article, the article came or then the top 50 came out that week. We doubled our revenue and we have been building on it ever since, Crazy. you know, like 5%, 10%. So best month we ever had was October. It even built, beat a month where we were had a steady park pop up at truck yard. We had the food truck running at, we did, I think, two different uh, Texans games. I had the largest catering we'd ever done in that month. We beat it by a few hundred dollars in that October. Oh my gosh. And, and in November, we beat October. In December, three weeks in, I had already beat November. But then we got sick and I had to, we, we closed for the week and I had to refund some pre orders. And I ended up uh, shortening it by 200 bucks. Hey. So, uh, so yeah, things are. Things I mean, are it's not, not hating you were right sick. Right. That's not good that you were sick, but, but it's, but it is like, that's amazing. And then have you, have you opened since, or is this is your, tomorrow's your first day opening? We, well, so the last, this last week was a planned shutdown. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. it couldn't wait another week. So we could be closed consecutively, but we opened up one more week. Um, the, and it's supposed to be dead time here. Like January is the slowest time of year. We're told that expect 40, 50% and drop. We talked to other restaurants after the fact, and that's what they had seen. Uh, we dropped 12, 10, 12%. Wow, so nice. we have found, we found a money spot and we're far enough out that the locals will still come because they won't touch downtown. Mm-hmm. And we still will get the tourists. So we, we found a nice little balance. Well, we've lucked into a nice little balance. Wow, that's incredible. That's, and that's nice to know. And, that, and so then tomorrow, 
it's your your first kind of reopening again like you got after your little semi break it wasn't a break but right. you brought it but that in that meantime you brought it at second centex pit so now you mm -hmm. have a lot of capacity and are you still and going versatility. to be, and what's that and versatility it true, gives true, me true. a lot of versatility um so uh, we'll be uh, one one of the problems with running a thousand gallon pit is smoke penetration on your meat yeah. um when you're when you're doing brisket you're just not getting enough smoke on it so there you can either run a dirty fire for a certain period of time you can uh you know not really uh cold smoke it but run it you know run it about 150 200 degrees but when i'm cooking for my ribs for the day i can't do that yeah yeah so um we'll run all the big proteins perfect the, the brisket and the, the pork shoulder on one and all the smaller meats on the other and then it also allows me to do sausage eventually so running one pit you know i'd have to come in on sunday or monday to smoke sausage at a you need to do that at about 150 degrees well this that credit will free up and after service we'll be able sure. to fire back up so it gives me a lot of versatility and, and we have we have run up the capacity twice so far so um i expected that to, it, it, that would have been a huge problem going forward so we did foresee it we foresaw that that one was not going to be enough so when i placed the order for the first one i got on the, the proper list for the second one smart that's smart so let's what let's go over quickly uh what what are your hours right now and then uh roughly what's your menu so people can know what to expect so we're open uh wednesday through saturday uh, 11 to 3 or sell out yeah. uh we uh, in the next month we'll be adding uh probably five to nine on friday and saturday with that alternate menu uh menu consists of your traditional uh brisket uh pulled pork uh we do two types of sausage right now we're we're using uh rufino's refilled meat sausage uh, mm -hmm. which we really like but uh we're planning on moving on to our own in the next couple of months okay um we i'm looking up in my menu now to remember <laughs> uh we do two pork ribs we do a traditional dry rub and then we do the goat to junk and then we have a pretty extensive side list and this is all house made so it's scratch near scratch we run a you know your traditional coleslaw barracho beans uh, potato salad, cream corn, um, and then add to that we do a uh, mac, you know, mac and cheese with with it's a really good mac and cheese. It's uh, my I've wife out good herself, uh, and then uh, kimchi, kimchi fried rice, and then a cream cucumber salad. And occasionally we'll add like chapchae, which is a, like a Korean Korean noodle um, yeah. uh, uh, that we'll that we'll do occasionally, and maybe we'll do some pork belly from time to time with some different things, gochujang or uh tamarind or whatever sauces so we we expect to do a lot more of that going forward huh. do people order sides of kimchi or is that something that you even... we have people we have people come in and buy pints and quarts of it so you guys make it do you guys make your own kimchi ah Properly. that's ah i love right. that no, well, I, 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 I remember going actually... to my friend's house one time and his 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 wife's uh grandma grandmothers and all these uh -huh. all these people aunts and they're all making it and making it in the backyard and it was a, the coolest thing yeah, I mean, we we do, we do it proper. It's actually both the gochujang sauce and and the kimchi are fermented and actually done I properly. I love that. Oh, gosh, so that is so it, cool. It's true. It's truly authentic. It's my mother-in-law's recipe. Uh, the gochujang sauce is my brother-in-law's, who is a Korean chef. Yeah. Uh, that my wife has made some alterations and changes from. Wow, that's crazy. And then you go. Are you going to be having live music, or is that something that you had before? We, we're we're uh, my idea with live music. So we we have to be careful. Um, this place was the, when it was a bar, it originated with the, uh, use of noise or the Fredericksburg noise ordinance. So we got to be very careful with our neighbors. So short term, what we're thinking Saturday, bringing in someone to be on the front porch, acoustic set. Okay. So when there's a line, they can grab a beer, they can listen to some music and it, it make the, make the line not so, uh, yeah. not so painful. Yeah, palatable, I guess. Yeah, there, palatable. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of fits no in the whole. In, no, the whole no pun intended. Right? <laughs> yeah, pun intended for sure. Uh, gosh, you know what? I, I've wanted to talk to you for so long, and I've loved your spirit. I love it's infectious, and I love what you guys are both doing. And someday I'd like to talk to Boo as well because I'd love to get her take on this whole story. I've wanted to go to Fredericksburg forever because I've just been curious, and I do want to move to Texas. And there's been a bunch of of towns and cities that I've been interested in. Fredericksburg now, like the cost of living, it sounds like it's a little more right. than it was. It's not, you can't buy a $120,000 house, but it's it does sound right. somewhere wonderful to visit now that you're Absolutely. there and you're rolling. And then also too, you'll have bigger capacity. So that'll be perfect for, you won't be selling out as quickly as you, because come 
spring summer this is going to be so much fun for you it's going to be exciting oh yeah and, and this town just doesn't stop i mean once middle of february we won't yeah. stop we'll have a we'll have a, a slowdown in august and then uh it'll be it'll be crazier for through christmas through new year's yeah. and then it stops again so uh looking at sales tax revenue uh, dipping dip in pretty big dip in january and then in august a small dip in august that last week or two as people are going back to school um other than that it just doesn't stop yeah and then especially too with hopefully things getting better for other people coming from other states to to feel more comfortable to travel Absolutely. in general but that's so let's just so how far away are you from houston san antonio and austin houston four hours austin about an hour and a half, depending mm -hmm. on where you're going to. If you're going to go to Northern, it may be two hours. Uh, San Antonio is about an hour. Okay. Yeah, about an hour. So it's, and so it's an hour to San Antonio, an hour and a half to Austin, uh, four to four to Houston, and I guess about four to Dallas. Hey, about four, yeah, we yeah. actually get yeah we get a, we get quite a few people in from Lubbock and in, in the Dallas area sense. actually. So and it's beautiful country out there. Oh, it's gorgeous. Huh. It is just beautiful here. I am so. It's the best move we've ever made in every single aspect of our lives. Uh -huh. The only one right, the only one upset right now is our dog because we're living in an apartment. Uh, but but he really loved the the ranch and be able to run around free when he was there. But other than that, our kids are happier, my wife's happier, my mother-in-law's happier, I'm happier. Uh, every aspect of our lives has, has improved. So oh, it was by I'm far so the best happy. move we ever made. I am so happy for you, and it's great the way thank that you. things turned out. And I'm and thank you for sharing this story, and thank you for everything that you do and thanks for taking the time to talk to me i i, I so appreciate it well th thank you I, I really appreciate you giving us a holler and 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 our interest in our little bitty uh our little bitty shop here all the all the well intentions in the world and i miss up on miss out on things because yeah, i just you know mentally i lose it yeah there's a lot going so. on you have a lot of balls in the air you also have a life too like people don't realize it like you have the, all this you have a business you guys both have a business but you also have a family yeah yeah right and right now this, uh, everything revolves around this school and uh yeah i mean kid, kids in school we were able to break away and see some some sports activities occasionally but yeah. uh for the next year until we can until i can get a pit hand and until we can get some more uh kitchen help uh we're not gonna be able to break away yeah um, our our rule is is that only on extreme special occasions will me and her not be here. And that would be like a Troubadour Festival or a Texas Monthly or something like that. And we would consider shutting down. Uh, but, right. But, uh, you know, that's a big part of why we're successful here is people respect the fact that I'm behind the board and Boo is prepping sides and running the register that we're the only restaurant in town that they get that experience. So they've created their create a kind of emotional relationship with our, with our restaurant. That's cool. And it, I think part of it is because we're here. So we need to not forget that. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll look at a lot of joints that have been successful and they're really successful. Follow that. If you look at corkscrew and Tejas and like, they're always there. Yeah, yeah. Someone, one of them is always there. They're all, they've always got the finger on what's going on in the restaurant. And when customers come in and see them, that's, that's an added bonus. Sometimes that's oh, yeah. why they want to come go, go see them. So, um, and it, it, so it, it creates that level of trust that you know that they're that they care about what they're doing. Like it's yeah, absolutely. If you, if, you, if you go to a place and you start not seeing the owners all the time or not at all, you're like, is what's even happening here? Is this yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, yeah, you'll start to you start to see slippage uh, slippage on the menu. The sides are not done. They're not plated right, or you know, little things will start to occur. So mm -hmm. plus, I've, I've I think people it. just want to see us, right? Like we've been, yeah. they want to they want to know us. It's a small town. It's it's like. We're, we're becoming like a little cheers, right? Uh, we need a norm. We need a norm, boo. <laughs>